Hello and welcome to the Healing Insight podcast, episode 19, with me, Sarah Hunt. And me, Jess Hunt. Welcome, everybody. It's lovely to be here again. Um, episode 19, Jay. Wow. I know. We'll soon be clocking up six months, won't we, of doing these podcasts. And uh, what a way we've come, I feel. You know, that we've, we've covered some very interesting topics and um, it leads us to, to many different things and hopefully gives um, the listeners lots of ideas of what they can do to help them to heal themselves. Absolutely, which is the the point of why we decided to do this and and work together um, to to pull this together for everybody. And I'm hoping the listeners are really getting some benefit out of it. So yes, absolutely. So today's topic, okay, overwhelm. So um, this is something I've definitely experienced in my um, in my lifetime on more than one occasion where I felt really overwhelmed by what's going on. It causes a lot of stress. Um, It's very easy to end up in your head. Um, And um, I I just kind of feel like it's something worth exploring to to try and help people to understand, firstly, why we get overwhelmed. And then secondly, what we can do to try and kind of get an understanding of, of where we're at and what it is that's actually causing the problem so that we can make the changes that we need to, to, to lessen the stress and, and to clear that feeling of overwhelm and to realise that, that we can achieve anything that we want to achieve. Yeah, I think it's worth um, just clarifying what we mean by overwhelm or certainly what I mean by overwhelm uh, it's an emotional state in which you're struggling to cope with or deal with your current situation so your current situation feels too much for you you feel some some words that might um, resonate with people is you feel buried in everything buried under everything uh, or inundated with too much work or stuff uh, or, or you feel like you're drowning drowning or, um, like you can't cope with what's going on yeah and the thing is that that triggers stress um so when we're in that emotional state we get stressed because we're not coping we feel we're not coping so that's what we're talking about when we talk about overwhelm through this this session that's that's what we're we're talking about is that just feeling of too much going on yeah absolutely um and and that can that to me can often relate to self-worth um, and, and recognising, you know, when, you, when you've got everything kind of coming on top of you, sometimes it's difficult to actually prioritise what you need to sort out, first of all. Um, and also it, it links into self-worth and, and whether you actually feel that you can cope, you can sort this out, you can actually um, uh, see a way forward. Um, and it's very easy to, to find yourself kind of embroiled in the situation rather than taking a step back and going, OK, what's actually going on here? Yeah. What do I need to look at? What is it? What is it that's really causing this? Is it that I don't feel that I've got the skills to deal with the situation? 
is it that um, I'm my boundaries aren't as as secure as they could be, and so um, people other people are expecting too much of me? Is it that I'm expecting too much of me? Um, you know, there's there's so many different variables I think um, that that can lead to a situation where people feel overwhelmed with what's going on around them. Yeah, I think it's important to also just to recognise that society has not helped. You know, modern life with technology and automation and you know the the whole thing of, of things on demand. So we, we're now starting to expect things instantly. Uh, we've got lots of distractions going on. Um, we're being, you know, with text messages and notifications and emails and that we're, we're being distracted by. So we're not getting a time. We're not, unless we choose to and, and in, encourage it and force it, we're not making the time to stay focused. We're being distracted too much. So and bombarded as well. It's bombarded with information, isn't it? When you've got texts going off and notifications going off it can also feel like you're being bombarded yeah so anyway it's like yeah no i agree and that then that then creates a feeling of not in control so you feel out of control or you can feel out of control should i say so when we don't feel in control of ourselves and in control of what we're actually doing, because we've got all these outside things demanding our attention. And I mean, just think the last few years where last couple of years where we've been, you know, when people have been at home working, trying to work from home with now the family being there all full time. And, you know, you've got all this extra stuff going on. And, particularly over the last couple of years, overwhelm is something that's come up for me with my coaching clients a hell of a lot. It's the, the trouble is it then takes us, uh, it takes our focus off and our ability because we go into a stress response. We can't then think in the same way with the neocortex that we would, if we weren't stressed Yeah. because we're falling into the, the reptilian brain and the mammalian brain in terms of, uh, so we're not able to think in the way that we do it's more responsive rather reaction sorry reactive Active, rather yeah. than responsive so we go into this panic mode which means we can't think properly which means we then can't prioritize so we end up doing nothing rather than actually picking something and moving forwards with it even if it turns out to be not the right thing and we'll come on to some strategies that i i can share uh, and, and I'm sure you can as well energetically, mm. but but share some strategies of how to deal with this when it happens. But the first part of it is to recognize that you're in that state. And the the counterintuitive thing to do and the, actually the, the best thing we can do when we're in that state is to stop everything and take a step backwards. Yeah. And say, well, I'm overwhelmed. I can't cope with this. I can't cope. I can't cope. OK, just switch off from it all. Just just take yourself to a quiet space. Turn, leave your phone behind. Leave everything behind. Just go for a walk for five minutes. Just go and stand in the garden. Just take a break from everything around you where you would, would normally be working. Or, you know, if the office, just go for a wander. Go to the toilet. I don't know. Whatever it might be that you need to do to get out of that environment that you're stressed in and change your environment and just take some time out of, okay, I'm okay. It's all right. 
And, it, you know, just even if you start with some basic um, conscious breathing, uh, intentional breathing, you know, just being aware of your breath, just to bring you back into that present moment, into back into now. Yeah. Because when you start breathing and focusing on your breathing, you're now increasing the oxygen levels going into your body, which clears any adrenaline or helps clear any adrenaline and, and anything that might be caused um, in the body by stress, which means that you can now start to think you will now be able to start thinking more clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I certainly had experiences of, of overwhelm um, with work and what I used to do, um, if I experience it these days, I, I still try and do it, is um, I used to switch my phone off, turn my computer off, and because um, I, I worked from home when I was in sales, mm -hmm. um, I'd have days where I worked at home, and, and sometimes I could get quite over, overwhelmed by the amount of pressure that was put on us to perform. And um, I, I would literally turn everything off, go upstairs, lay on my bed, and go into a meditation and um and just allow myself to switch off completely um so that i could then think clearly and prioritize properly about what i actually needed to do and, and where to do it and um um and if my boss needed to get hold of me well that was tough for that half an hour he wouldn't be able to um and you know but not that it was ever a problem but it but it was my way of actually um taking myself out of that situation so that I could try and 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 just get myself more centered and and more able then to look at what was really going on so so yeah and, and obviously it depends on your circumstances depends whether you're working at home obviously you can't go and lay down somewhere if you're in an office and do um, a meditation but you can go and sit on top of the loo if you need to um and just take some deep breaths and, and really focus on your your breathing and and give yourself that few minutes to 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 de-stress so that you can actually um look at things with um with more clarity yeah um and 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 then be able to prioritize and work out you know what is it that i that, that is essential that i do and what can i actually leave today um so so that you see a, a way forward without that kind of oh, i don't know where i'm going to start i don't know what to do first and like you said earlier ended up doing nothing because <laughs> because yeah. you've gone you can't actually um you, you just end up with brain fog don't you you can't actually work out what it is that, that you need to to be doing to to actually move things forward yeah absolutely picking something so prioritization depends on circumstances and depends on what else is going on in that particular moment and there are various tools for prioritization you've got the eisner eisenhower matrix sorry um and I mean, this we can put in the show notes if, if this will help people in terms of understanding priorities. The one thing that just to go back to, you, you mentioned pressure to perform and being put under pressure. And you also mentioned boundaries right at the beginning when you, mm. you were first talking. And those two link together in terms of, yes, OK, as employees, if we're employees, then we have responsibilities for our role well any role we have we have responsibilities but particularly when it's external so someone's paying you to do something then there are potentially 
pressures that they will put onto you because it, particularly in a business environment, they are looking to make a profit. They are looking to make money and they are paying you to do a job. So they are going to be putting pressure on you. The thing to remember is that there are very few things in this world that can't wait five minutes, 10 minutes. Very few things. I'm not, you know, yeah, if, if, if you've cut a main artery and you're bleeding out, that can't wait. You know, there are, there are <laughs> things that, <laughs> there are things that can't wait, but very few. And like most, responding to an email or responding to a text. Exactly. Can't wait. Can't exactly. Get, like yeah. you turning your phone off for half an hour um, and your boss not being able to get hold of you. It's not really that critical. Not no. really. Not really. Um, most things can wait for you to take that step back and sort yourself out. And actually, if you don't, you're less likely to be able to move forwards anyway because you're still in this panic state. Yeah, absolutely. And I always found that I was far more productive when I took that half an hour out and, and did that meditation and then went back to work. I was far more productive than if I had just tried to kind of fight a way through without de-stressing myself. Absolutely. So, so, you know, it was always, from my point of view, it was it, it was worth doing because it meant that I was, um, I was far more productive. So obviously that then had a knock-on effect for who I was working for at the time. Yeah. And this links back to the, one of the core um, threads of, of this whole podcast series. We have to look after ourselves first. If we're not focused on us and what we need and making sure that we have what we want in all areas of our life, then we're not going to be performing at our peak. If we're not looking after our sleep, we're going to be tired. If we're not looking after uh, our, our food intake, then we're not going to be performing bodily at our best. So we, we're more likely to... Um, suffer from fatigues or from illnesses, dis-ease, as we've talked about before. Um, if we're not taking care of our mental state, then we are going to get more stressed and feel the, feel the pressures um, more than we would if, we, if we're actually just taking those five minutes out, 10 minutes out, 20 minutes out a day or a couple of times a day to do some meditation or some deep breathing or just go and be... Um, just do some conscious walking or just going out and be in nature and be aware of everything around us. All these things we've talked about in past yeah, absolutely. episodes. Or just going and standing out in the garden. You yeah. know? <laughs> sometimes just, and that's something I like to do sometimes, is is just to go and stand in the garden, breathe in. I love roses, so I've got lots of roses in my garden. And just breathe in the scent of the roses, um, especially this time of year when they're they're blooming. and And just have that five minutes of wow, actually, you know, this universe is beautiful. It's wonderful. Look at the amazing things around me that, that, that just reminds us of um, what a beautiful world it, it is and can be. Yeah. And, and that just takes the pressure off, doesn't it? And here you but, go. But I, Sorry. I was just going to say, but I think, you know, when I think back, the pressure to perform um, was... Um, probably coming from my perception, and we've talked about perception before, but my perception of um, what was expected of me from 
the company that I was working from, from the boss that I worked for. Um, and then I would put pressure on myself as well. So I wasn't only getting pressure from them because I'd got certain targets to hit, but then I was putting pressure on myself because I, I know when I was younger, I felt that need to prove myself. I needed sure. to show that I was capable of, of achieving. And, and that then comes back to self-worth issues, which I know, um, you know, I've gone back into my childhood and, and various different things. And I can see that, that, my self-worth was never that good um when I was younger and and it's something that I've spent a lot of time working on to build um to build my self-worth so that um I don't have this competitive nature that I used to have anymore that puts so much pressure on me mm. um you know it, it's we, we need to um, be in a space where we love what we do so that when we love what we do, we are really in our heart space. And when we're in our heart space, we're at our most creative, we're at our least stressed, we are um, then able to, to achieve what it is we want to achieve with ease rather than when we end up in our head space with um, being a stressy Bessie, as I like to call them, um, you know, it, it just puts so much more pressure on us. And it, it's taking that moment to step back, relax into ourselves, reconnect with ourselves, center ourselves, um, get back in touch with our soul and what our soul wants and what our heart, what feels right in our heart so that so that we can see the way forward. Yes getting back in the now being in the moment the, the more we can live in in now the easier life is and the clearer it becomes the clearer the the things we have to do next the more productive we are the more creative we are like you said you know the more you can focus on what's happening now rather than worrying about oh i've got this deadline for friday well, don't worry about friday worry about today you know Worry about what you've got. You don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> even yeah. you know, think about or work through what you need to do today. So things like prioritizing, goal setting, breaking things down into manageable chunks. These are all things that are very easily learned. It takes a bit of um, determination, I, I guess, to to um, to to start doing something that you're not used to doing to turn it into a habit but once you've once you've got moving with it and once you've learned a different way of doing things be it prioritizing or or, or ways to work it becomes second nature it becomes a habit it becomes something that becomes easier same with going into your going into yourself going into your heart zone your heart space it's it takes practice it takes you know, it, it's not necessarily something we naturally think, oh, I'm stressed. Let me sit and go into my heart space and get heart centered. When we've been on you know, the healing journey, I'm on the healing journey you're on. You know, when we've when we have come across this and we do know about it, then, yes, I do switch. So for me personally, I do switch into, oh, hang on. I'm back in my head again. Get back into my heart. I'm getting stressed. OK, take take that deep breath. Um whatever it is if i can then i'll go and meditate sometimes and sometimes it's just breathing but it is just getting into the now and being in the now as much as possible makes things a lot easier and a lot clearer in terms of 
what you need to do next, what you what what's right to do next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it, um, it, it's so important to take that step back, mm. even if it's only for five minutes, just take that step back um, and then look at why is it I'm overwhelmed? Why do I feel overwhelmed? Is it because I'm fearful? Am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid of letting somebody down? Am I afraid of um, uh, not achieving what I need to achieve? Am I, you know, it, it can be so many different things, can't it, that's, that's going on. And it's so important. And certainly from my point of view, when I've got somebody that's um, uh, struggling with overwhelm like that, we, we look at what is it that's going on? What is it that feels like it's pressure going on top of you? What is it that you know that where the, where's the fear coming from because really when you're that overwhelmed you've moved into a state of fear you've moved out of your heart out yes. of that place of love you've moved into a state of fear so so it's like where's that fear coming from what is it that's triggered that fear let's clear that fear energetically so that um the energy of it is gone and so that you feel more relaxed and you don't have that fear anymore in the same way um and that's certainly you know the the kind of approach that I take with it when I've got a client who is who is really struggling it's like and and it's kind of picking out where is it coming from and that's what I'm always looking for is where is it what's the root cause of this where's it coming from do you know what's triggered it can you you know can you actually identify what's triggered it because if you can identify what's triggered it then we can dig down into what what is the root cause of this where's where is it actually coming from yeah um so, so because when you've got an understanding of where, it, where it's coming from, you can then um, do something about it. You can, and, and first of all, acknowledging that that something's going on, acknowledging that you're you've become overwhelmed is is a really important point. And then um, acknowledging that you need to go inward and find where it's coming from um is also important and then it's then it's the release that that needs to come after that but until you are willing to go inward to discover where it's coming from you're not actually going to release that that energy of of that situation and it's also about self-love isn't it as well um and and you mentioned earlier on about the importance of you know, making sure that you've got time for yourself, that you mm -hmm. have that time out to to just have a breather in a few minutes so that you're, you don't get into a, a really stressed, overwhelmed um, state. And, and I would agree with that. And it but but, you know, when you're in that stress space, you're in fear and you're you're not in a place of love. And so you're not being loving towards yourself. You're putting too much pressure on yourself, perhaps. And, and I've definitely been guilty of that. You know, when I look at my journey, I've, I've been guilty of that on more than one occasion where I've put too much stress on myself and been too hard on myself and not taken that that step back and actually gone, hang on a minute, where's this really coming from? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's that's quite a thing in itself, isn't it? To actually go, OK, I need to look at where this is coming from. Absolutely. But until you know where it stems from, it's difficult to actually clear the energy of it properly so that it reduces um the the stress of the situation that you find yourself in 
Yeah, I mean, if you don't understand what the problem is, how can you deal with it? You know, I mean, Absolutely. you know, you, you might you might immediately recognise and acknowledge I'm overwhelmed, I'm getting stressed, I've got too much to do. Okay, but yes, you have to dig down into it. I think one question that we don't ask ourselves enough is, okay, what would happen if I didn't do it? So this yeah. this job that I'm supposed to be doing, this task I'm supposed to be doing, what would actually happen? If I didn't do it, really? Okay, my boss might get cross with me. But I don't know, whatever it is, the, the child might throw a tantrum. But look at what the actual outcomes are likely to be. Look at what the impact of you not doing it would be. It's not about not doing it. And I'm not suggesting you then don't do it unless, you, <laughs> unless it is something that really doesn't matter. And maybe you're getting stressed about something that actually you shouldn't be worried about anyway. But if you if you look at the impact that would happen if you don't do it, it puts it into perspective. Mm. Which means then, yes, you're going into your head because you're thinking it through. But once you've realized that actually, all right, the worst case is if I didn't do it today, actually, my boss wouldn't say anything because as long as it's done for tomorrow morning, he probably wouldn't even he or she probably wouldn't even notice. So. It just helps us take that step of, whoa, hang on a minute. This isn't as life critical. Like I said, you know, right at the beginning, there are very few things in life that can't wait. Yeah. A few minutes, a half an hour, an hour, even a day or two. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. But, but I think, you know, if I think back from when we were children to where we are now, the pressure that's put on everybody, like you said earlier, to, you know, to get things done, we've got to get things done. It's, yeah. you know, and, and, and because um, people are working, managing a family, running a house, you know, it, it, that adds extra pressure, doesn't it? To, to things for everybody. Cause they're, they're kind of like the situation and I've done it myself, you know, where there's, I'm juggling too many balls <laughs> and yeah. it's like children have got to get to football or they've got to go to karate and I've got to get the dinner sorted and and I've only just come in from work and the house is a tip and you know certainly um I, I don't want to be sounding as if I'm sexist because I think you know it's as important for men to recognize when extra help is needed at home but you know for, for women these days you know when we were small mum was at home and and most women stayed at home with the children didn't they um whereas now the situation is that women are having to work as well that puts pressure on additional pressure on them but it also puts pressure on their relationship with their partner as well um, as well as their relationship with their children as well as their relationship with their children yeah. absolutely so it's no wonder that that people and not just women but men as well and children get overwhelmed and really yeah. stressed with um with the the way that life has become and i and i'm i do feel that it was never meant to be like that you know we weren't meant to be in this constant state of stress um we're, we're meant to be here to enjoy each other to learn from each other and not be in that constant state state of stress to to actually achieve that um you know you can you can learn so much being around someone 
who um, who isn't stressed, who has time for you. Whereas when you are around someone that's overwhelmed and stressed, that they might be snappy and irritable, they won't perhaps listen, they haven't got the time to sit down with you and, and look at things that you need to do. And, that, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking here, it's coming in from a child's perspective, particularly here. And then that has an effect on um, self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence, how people relate to each other. So it does have um, a big effect on, on you know, the family unit and, and anybody else that you're connecting with um, when people get into a state of overwhelm. Um, and that's why it's so important to actually take that step back, look at what's really going on, look at what's important, prioritise what you actually need to do today and um, anything else. Do you have... Well, I have a list. Yeah. <laughs> I have a list um, of, of what needs doing the next day and then prioritise what needs doing the next day. And then you can kind of move um, move forward and do the things that, that are the most important for that day. Um, and so take that stress off yourself um, to, to allow yourself to be able to, to complete what you need to complete and achieve what you need to achieve um, without feeling um like you are disappearing under the the um mound of things whatever <laughs> whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and the, the one of the important things is if, if you really are struggling in terms of prioritizing even once you've taken your step back even once you've had your your breathing exercise or your meditation or you're standing in the garden or or whatever it might be if you really can't work out what is the most priority, you know, what's the highest priority, then just pick one thing and start on it because you will break out of the cycle of what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And not doing anything. And at yeah. least if you move, if you start doing a task, once you start getting your stress levels back under control, once you start feeling back in control, you might then realize, oh, actually, this task isn't the one I need to be doing. It's that one. But you've broken that cycle. So just by doing something, you're going to help yourself more than just trying to analyse it all in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Something. So, um, sorry. So something um, you mentioned earlier, which I know nothing about. So um, you mentioned the Eisenhower uh, matrix. Can I you did. explain for listeners what it is? Because it's not something I've come across and it sounds like it's something that you use with your coaching clients. It is. So the Eisenhower matrix. So um, General Eisenhower, World War Two, American general, uh, hence its name. Um, this is a way a, like a grid. I'm just going to call it up. Uh, we will put this on the um, show notes so that you have it um, to hand listeners. Um, why am I not finding what I need? Because I'm in the wrong place. Because, of course, this, <laughs> this just proves that this is not rehearsed or anything like that, because I had no idea we were going to go here. Uh, uh, um, so that be in there. Nope. So then it must be in there. Yay. Jeremy obviously has a very good filing system, a filing system where you can't find. No, no, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. So <laughs> that's me, actually, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, projection, projection there, I think. Yeah, good be. So it's a it's a grid of four. You've got four quadrants. So 
um, and you're basically measuring important and not important against urge against urgent and not urgent so you have four quadrants so important urgent is your quadrant one and this is your quadrant of necessity and these are the things you have to manage so this would include things like crises medical emergencies pressing problems deadline driven projects i.e if something's got to be done by one o'clock today then that becomes an urgent important um so it could be last minute minute preparations for scheduled activities or anything like that. So that's your important urgent. And those are the things you kind of you, you kind of have to do. So if there's a medical emergency or a crisis, you have to deal with it. So everything else gets dropped. That becomes your number one priority. On the right hand side, you've then got important but not urgent. So this is quadrant two known as the quadrant of quality and personal leadership. As I said, I'll put this document up or, or, or the, the diagram up on the show notes so that you can download it and um, use it if you wish. So quadrant two, this is preparation, planning. Um, it could be health and exercise, relationship building. It, it's things that they're not urgent, but they are very important. So if you're setting a goal, the goal setting and then working through your goals you want to try and keep everything where you can into into quadrant two so it doesn't become the urgent important because that's when you can start having the extra stress so ideally you want to be focusing as much time as possible as you can into quadrant two activities okay quadrant yeah. three is not important but urgent so how can it be not important uh -huh. but urgent? so interruptions <laughs> Some call. So your message app pinging at you um, on you, your, your email pinging at you. It's not necessarily important. Uh, so the urgency part of it is because it's an interruption. So you're being distracted from your mindset of where you were in that moment. So it's like and we have this tendency of. If an email pings or a notification pings, we have to pick up our phone or our laptop or, and look at it. Oh, my phone's just buzzed. Who could that be? What could they be saying? Just because they've messaged us and we've had a notification in that moment, it might be important to them. It might be urgent to them, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's urgent to us. Yeah. But because of programming, because of everything we've had since we've had telephones in the house, and not just down the phone box that we used to have to go to as kids. Um, yeah. Because of because of that, if the phone rings, it's, oh, I have to pick it up. No, you don't. If you're in the middle of something, you don't have to answer the phone at all. It's your yeah. choice whether you answer the phone. So in the Eisenhower Matrix, this is the quadrant of deception. Um, so we duped into believing or feeling that because a message has pinged on our phone that we have to pick it up we have to pick up and deal with that but then we get distracted it's like you know going from a message and then we suddenly find that oh well, while i'm here i have a quick look on facebook oh while i'm here oh look there's a video i want oh let's have a quick let's only two minutes and then you can find that you know half an hour an hour or whatever of your time has just disappeared mm. so you want to avoid the quadrant of deception if you can possible possibly and then the fourth quadrant is not important not urgent so this is stuff uh, trivia junk mail 
some phone messages, uh, things that so watching mindless TV shows, what, watching endless YouTube videos. Some could also argue, as some of my clients have, um, social media generally. It, it's it's such a time waster, time stealer. I'm not saying it doesn't have its place. It does. And yes, I use social media, but I use it how I want to use it. I'm not swept into it, or at least when I am swept into it, because I do like animal videos, I'll be honest. Then I do recognize, whoa, hang on a Well, stop, 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 stop. Uh, and sometimes I actually allocate time to do that sort of thing. But that's the quadrant of waste. And this is really, you just want to stop doing it as much as possible the things that aren't productive that are not urgent not important if you can you want to, to stop doing them now that's not to say we don't need downtime we do need downtime we do need recreation that's in the um, quadrant two important not urgent I, I think it, what went through my mind then was well it is urgent if you're not feeling in a good place but if you're focused on quadrant two then you shouldn't be getting into that stressed, not good place. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. So this is just, I mean, there are other ways of prioritising, but this is one of the things that I found very helpful for me and certainly for clients, just in terms of basically rationalising the task that you've got and just, okay, which quadrant does it fit in? Actually, why am I even doing this? I mean, so busy work, <laughs> quadrant four, um doing something just so that oh well i'm busy i'm very busy look at what i'm doing i'm very busy i'm ticking things off my list but are they actually things either in quadrant one or quadrant two because if they're not why are you doing them if yeah. you've got things in quadrant one or two so a reminder quadrant one is urgent important so crises medical emergencies whatever those are things you have to do they're not productive they're not really going to help you move forwards necessarily but you can't you you have to deal with them you know if you're child falls over or is injured or whatever you're clearly going to just drop everything and do that or yourself or anyone else you know but you know so there are things that that will take us away from being productive that we have to deal with but we need to manage those we need to learn to manage those so that yes we deal with them when they come up but we're not letting things run into uh into that quadrant so if i've got a deadline for friday um, now bear in mind what we now tuesday so i've got four days three and a half days to get to friday if i've got a deadline for friday the ideal is i keep it in quadrant two i work out what it's going to take for me to complete that by friday and then i break it down and i eke it out over the three days so that i'm doing something every day towards it so that it's calm it's relaxed i'm i'm working towards it rather than what a lot of people do, and I put my hand up to this as well. I used to do this. I'm guilty. <laughs> Thursday night or Friday morning, very early, that's when I'd start the task. You know, so you're putting yourself under, oh, that's right, I've got till Friday to do it. Yes, you have, because that's when the deadline is. But what you've done is allow it to move from the not quadrant two, where you should be focused, so it's calm and relaxed and you're getting being productive. You've now allowed it to get into the urgent, not urgent and important. So you go into crisis mode, you go into panic mode, the stress levels go up. What happens is that we have this to-do list that we don't deal with in the right way because we're not being productive. So everything starts moving into the quadrant one. 
everything starts to become a problem, which is where overwhelm comes from. I've got too many things that are now urgent and important and I don't know what to do for the best. I don't know which one to deal with now. Yeah. If we actually start focusing on being more productive and using the time that we've got, so setting realistic goals, end dates for doing things, and then breaking it down into chunks and then little chunks, micro chunks, nibbles or whatever you want to call it, um, and then start doing those every day towards the goal, you're more likely to hit the goal less stressed and manage it than if you leave it till last minute and ignore it. So there's that side of it. Something else on the productivity side of it is something called the Pomodoro technique, which I don't know if you've come across this as well. And I'm no, I haven't. No. Uh, okay. So the Pomodoro <laughs> technique was developed by a, an Italian guy, an Italian student, and it was a way of studying. And it's called the Pomodoro technique because he actually used a kitchen timer that looked like a tomato. So that's how it became known as the Pomodoro technique. And basically, it's dividing your work time your focus time into blocks so the traditional pomodoro technique is 25 minutes focused working five minute break 25 minutes focused working and then you have a five minute break but you also have a half hour break so it works out being 35 minutes break okay so during the focused stages you turn off everything that not your laptop if you're using it what I mean is you turn off notifications you turn off your phone or stop it ring and for that 25 minutes until your alarm goes off you focus on exactly the task you're meant to be doing and nothing else you don't allow anything to distract you just 25 minutes that's all it is then your alarm goes off it doesn't matter even if you're in mid-sentence you stop you get up, you stretch, you wander away from your computer, you go and have a wee or whatever you need to do just to take your mind off it. And then when the alarm goes at the end of that five minutes, you're back sitting at your desk. You're then back focused on what you need to do and you do another 25 minutes and you repeat this cycle. So you're doing 25 minutes, five minute break, 25 minutes, five minute break, half hour break, 25 minutes, five minute break, 25 minutes, five minute break half hour break okay and by doing this you're actually you will be more productive in those 25 minutes when you're just focused on the one task and that comes down to planning so keeping it in quadrant two planning it out working out what your 25 minute chunks need to be and then just staying focused on that particular task mm. so yeah I, I was just sitting here thinking that um I kind of work like that myself without realising that I do it. Yeah. But I don't do it all the time, but some of the time I do. I do it slightly. Um, I, I personally, I focus better when I, 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 I work better because I've tried different lengths of times. For me, I work um, 55 minutes, then I have a 10 minute break and then I work 55 minutes and then I have a half hour break. So I work a two hour block with a 10 minute break in the middle. And then I have a half hour break. And on a seven and a half hour day, work day, you could do three of those blocks. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Or in fact, yeah, actually, it worked out seven hours because the last half hour would be the end of your day. So you could do two hours focused work with 10 minute hours in the middle, half hour break. Two hours focused work with 10 minutes in the middle, half hour break. And then two hours of focused work with 10 minutes in the middle. It 
that's what works for me. And different people, I mean, I've, I've got clients doing 35 minutes and, you know, vary it. And even if you only try 15 minutes focused with a five minute break, just something to, but when I say focused, it means it doesn't matter if the phone goes, it doesn't matter if the doorbell rings, it doesn't matter. You stay focused on that task. No interruptions. Mm. You know, as best as you can, because if there's a cry, you know, if you know somebody's ill or whatever, and you're expecting a phone call, then maybe doing focused work at that time is not the best time to do it. So, but those are two techniques, just two techniques that can help. Wow. It's given us some real food for thought, hasn't it? I think, um, um, yeah, it's kind of like flagged a couple of things up to me as well that perhaps <laughs> I need to look at. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, there's always something that we can find that we need to be looking at for ourselves. Um, and um, yeah, interesting, interesting. But I think some, some good um, ways that we've discussed that can help people to get out of that state of overwhelm so that they can take that step back, get themselves centered again and, um, and back into their hearts and out of their heads. And so um, into a space where, where they feel that they can actually cope with what's going on and they know how to deal and what to deal with, first of all, um, to be able to move forward. One thing, just very quickly before we go, uh, one thing that did come up, um, it was it was when you were talking about when you're at work. And it was a combination of two things. So when you're at work, then you're not necessarily able just to nip out and go and stand in the garden. And it was you talking about standing in the garden, smelling roses. What you can do if you're working or even even actually if you're just out and about is take a photograph of said roses or whatever it is for you and just use that as a visualization so if you're out and about away from home go and shut yourself in a toilet cubicle or, or whatever get your photograph out so you have it a little tiny it's only pocket size something you have in your wallet or your purse or, or whatever on your body just pull it out and just visualize yourself looking at that picture standing in the garden in front of them take a breath in visualize you know, we talked about visualization being more than just the optics it's it's the, all of the senses in, yeah. in that episode so you know get that smell into you remember what that smells like of the roses it can just help take you to that place without you actually having to be in that place yeah absolutely so just just a something else Good that you can use to to um to try out really and just use your photo as a trigger you know to to bring that that place of safety that place of love and calmness and peace back to mind for you and bring you back into the now so there you go. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Thank very you. Very interesting topic, as as they all are. Um, a bit longer but, this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it kind of felt, yeah, like we needed to just go with the flow with it. So, um, so great. Thank you very much for your time, Jay. And uh, we look forward to being back again soon. Indeed. So, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him.